Hi everyone! Yesterday, June 5th, was One Plastic Free Day, where people across the globe try to reduce waste and find better solutions for packaging. This is super exciting and important, so we want to help creatives keep going, not just for a day, but in our day-to-day -day work. This is a rebroadcast of one of our most popular episodes, Sustainable Design. Please share how you are improving packaging and check the show notes on our website for great organizations and articles for sustainable design. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome again to the uh, Creative Hold podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Juso, and my co-host, Molly Lanama. I uh, hope you had a nice week. Um, so today is all about uh, a topic that's very uh, near and dear to our hearts, uh, sustainability. Yeah. And uh, I perhaps. start... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just thought perhaps we should give a background to why we care about this topic so much. Yeah. Um, well, I come from the sort of Scandinavian school of design. I studied a year in Copenhagen. And um, Copenhagen is one of the most uh, sustainably forward-thinking design cities uh, that I've ever experienced. So uh, in that way, that's one of my... Uh, where I come uh uh, where my interests lie with uh, design and sustainability. Mm -hmm. And then you? Well, my background is actually in ecology and sustainability, so I never studied design. If you listen to the first episode, I think we might have talked about this a little bit. But essentially, I actually wanted to go into research, but I wanted to do something that had an impact in sustainability in people's lives. And I just kind of realized that a lot of the research, as important as it is, it doesn't always get translated into everyday people actions. So when we met and we started realizing how we could combine design with sustainability, it was kind of that like aha moment, I think, for both yeah. of us. And it's such a perfect combination of you starting your degree, like doing that year abroad in Copenhagen. Yeah. And seeing all those companies and their values and then me bringing like my degree to the table. Totally. And maybe we should also just mention what we think sustainability means because everyone has a different definition. Mm -hmm. And I think the main focus is usually on green energy and on the environment. Mm -hmm. Well, I think especially as we kind of keep moving on and learning more, we are realizing how much other things are involved. Yeah. Yeah. So like... Um, how people work uh, mm. is a big part of what makes a city or a, um, a an environment sustainable, right? Mm. The amount of hours people put in, the type of work that we do, and the way we think about how we structure our lives can um, impact the sustainability uh, of a city, of your lifestyle, of uh, everything, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And so much more comes into that. And actually, that's a perfect segue to um, <laughs> the person we're going to profile today. Uh, today, we're going to pro uh, profile uh, Vince Frost. Um, oh, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Vince Frost um, started in Pentagram. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> at Pentagram. As they do, right. As they do, he started at Pentagram, um, and he became the youngest associate at Pentagram at the age of 27. Right. Uh, 27? Yes. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta um, yeah. move on one, up. We've only one, got one year. One year to go. <laughs> and um, he, uh, yeah, so spending uh, a few years at Pentagram, he started uh, his own business in London, 
I think the designer life podcast is so cool because it really has that like holistic yeah. view of things. And yeah. he, he interviews a bunch of different people from different uh, creative industries and mm. industries uh, and talking about, you know, what they do to design their own lives. Mm. Um, and I think uh, I'm wondering what we could do or what one can do immediately to design our lives. Like what are these like first steps that one can do from ours, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the big, biggest things is you need that why mm-hmm. in your in your work because you can go to work every day and you can interact with clients, you can do your books, you know, you can do all these things that some of them you might enjoy, some of them you might not. Mm-hmm. But if you have that bigger picture of like, in five years, I want my business to look like this. Yeah. Or I want to be able to have time with my kids or mm-hmm. I want to be able to work with companies that have this output into the world. If you have that as a goal, then those hours that you're putting in are going to feel like they make more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, another question actually I'm going to ask you, because since we're talking about Vince Frost and his Frost Collective, Mm. do you think that creatives will have to become collectives in order to be more sustainable? Do we have to sort of what's it collectivize our creative skill to, mm. in, in order to um, uh, be more sustainable going forward as an industry and competitive maybe. and competitive yeah i don't think you have to yeah but i do think we're going to see a lot of collectives coming up i know i've even heard on other podcasts there's like a couple of ones that are advertising mm-hmm. because um we've mentioned in some of the recent blog posts as well how the industry is becoming so demanding for you need to be a a very well-rounded solution Mm -hmm. where you need to be like a business advisor and you need to be a social media person Mm -hmm. and you need to do the actual design and then you need to advise on printing and then you need to advise on how it works with your website. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult for one team to do that unless you're a giant company. So I think uh, I'm hoping that we're going to see more people team up in a little bit more of a collaborative way rather than just referring each other. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, we kind of have this vision as well where the the community that we're building through the Facebook group and through, you know, you as listeners can actually start helping each other out and both sharing ideas to support each other, but also maybe like collaborate on projects. Mm-hmm. So if that's something that you think is interesting, we would love to... To hear that from you yeah. and then we can facilitate that community being built a little bit yeah yeah uh, yeah so th- i think so this is a bit of a uh, less um, deep dive into the person because i find that the the design your life approach i find more interesting to discuss for ourselves because mm. you know i really appreciate us more talking about what he's doing and how we can apply that to ourselves mm. so yeah that was that was um, my design your life um, segment more. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's really good that we're starting with ourselves because knowing and thinking about this stuff for ourselves is going to help us with this bit that I'm going to talk more about, which is how to help our clients be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Some of the tips, I think, are definitely going to be applicable to your own agency or your own work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'll bring up some of the stuff we've done. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is also what you can help your client with. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know if you agree with this, but I think there's a big perception that our job as creatives, when we get hired, is to help our client grow their business, which usually means revenue. Sometimes also, like, we just, we creatives come in when something's wrong and they don't mm. know what, mm -hmm. and they assume it is something without <laughs> marketing or something without, yeah. you know. It's not their work process. Yeah. yeah, and I think actually we have to start questioning why does it have to mean this very like short-term purely financial goal? Mm -hmm. Because if we're being slightly seen as consultants, or in some cases if you're like overhauling a website or branding or something like a big project, you really should be a consultant for how the business should run in the future. Yeah. Because you're going in to see exactly like you were saying, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Why is it wrong? How can we fix it? Mm -hmm. So... I think we need to take ourselves out of this mentality when we go into a project thinking we have to show them these short-term wins for them to like the project and hire us again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also we should, we should also get out of the mentality of, oh, we need to just make something. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you don't need to make something. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> you guys need to destroy something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a destructive approach. Yeah. No, but pairing back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the quotes I really liked was um, from a guy called Stephen Wall. Mm -hmm. He's from Ideo, which is one of the companies we've always had as our kind of role model companies. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, if you don't know about Ideo, they are, I think, maybe the poster child for the human-centered design. Yeah, I think um, that's where we got our human-centered yeah. design method from. They got a ton from. of free courses and lots of stuff for how to think sustainably. And they also do environmentally, social, all these different angles. And he said at the uh, 2007 AIGA conference, as designers, we have been very effective in teaching people about more. Can we teach them what enough means? Yeah. And I think it's, it's easy to say, oh, well, my clients, they set the requirements for this project. They are the ones who know their printing budget. They are the ones who know what they are asking from me and I will just fulfill that request. Right, yeah. When actually what we put out into the world in terms of how we, even on our portfolio, how we portray a project, yeah. what the marketing assets are saying, what the brand message is saying, all that is shaping people's perspective of the world in a way. Yeah. Like all the output that companies are, are putting out there is shaping our values and perceptions in a way. I think it's really important that we bring that up with our own clients as well. Yeah, I think uh, a really good way to do it is to bring it up in the discovery phase mm -hmm. to say, okay, we are looking for your strategy that is going to last you for the next 20 years, mm -hmm. right? We know that the market is moving fast, you know, there's all these new technologies happening, everyone's you know, changing all the time, but we're trying to create a strategy so you don't have to come back to us every year and pay us money. Mm -hmm. So it even starts with that financial incentive, which is what a lot of clients probably respond to. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, we want to make sure that this strategy is going to last for you in mm -hmm. the next 20 years, for example. What is your vision? Mm -hmm. And when you open it up to that kind of discussion, then you already have their attention, they're brainstorming. And then you can frame it in the sense of to have that company that's going to work 20 years from now, you need happy employees. Yeah. You need happy customers. And that's going to mean that social aspect of how you treat people, yeah. how you, know, you, you communicate with your customers. And also, I don't know if you agree with this, but 
I think most people now, they don't just buy from a company that's neutral. They want a mission. Yeah. I mean, also, I think neutral is being seen as anti-mission yeah. to a degree, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're silent, you're against <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. You know. It's quite dangerous to be silent. I think, yeah, value neutral is a value in itself. And I think, yeah. uh, and I think you can't afford to be that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree. So you're kind of bringing it back then to that, again, that financial base that maybe clients feel comfortable with. Yeah. So you're saying, look, people care about your mission. They care about what you stand for. Being silent is going to be negative as an impact to your finances. So if you want to encourage more sustainable choices in the companies, then I think the first thing you need to do is step away from all those buzzwords. Yeah. Really look at what you're wanting the outcome to be. Mm-hmm. Like you should ask the company what their outcome should be, and then you work backwards. So instead of using these words, think about the goal. So mm-hmm. for example, if the company's goal is to reduce waste, mm-hmm. you can start internally mm-hmm. to really do something that's not flashy, but something that's actually going to work. Yeah. So like, are you keeping the lights on even when no one's working? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you producing a ton of food waste that no one's eating all those bagels you put out? Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, you can you can tell people about it as part of your brand story. Like you can put it on your about page, you can post like maybe challenges on your Instagram saying, yeah. Hey, we're trying to reduce our own impact. This is what we've done so far. Yeah. This is what our goal is. And then you're being super clear with what you're actually doing. Yeah. Because have you heard the term greenwashing? Yeah. I have yeah. heard the term about greenwashing, where yeah. you put these vanity metrics of what your green sustainability, but actually you're not doing much for the environment. Yeah. yeah, you're just using it as a marketing ploy. Exactly. And I think whenever someone comes to us and says, you know, oh, we want to say that we're doing this, and it seems deceiving to you, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we also realize it probably is deceiving to the customer. Yeah. And they're going to make their choice based on these different words that we're placing out there. So think about a way to explain to your client that's maybe not being so upfront about what they're doing. uh, That, you know, it would always have a negative impact on your brand eventually. Mm -hmm. So like people will find out and that will have a much bigger negative impact on your business than any kind of short term positives that you might have gotten from greenwashing. Mm -hmm. So essentially it doesn't make any strategic sense uh, and you can bring that up as a kind of creative consultant role. Mm-hmm. I have a question. In an um, industry where you might not have a very negative impact mm-hmm. on you know, what you do, um, how can you still stand for things and um, uh, stand out and help out? What can you do with those people and those industries? Yeah, so... There's usually always something that you can still improve. So take a look at your process, but also remember that, you know, actually it doesn't always have to just be like reducing your negative impact. Uh, You could also have a positive one as well. So Mm -hmm. maybe you can like team up with a charity to offer like an internship program and you can have a really good impact as a business. So that can work both for your own creative agency and as advice that you can give to your clients. In general, companies want to be more sustainable and they want to have these big goals. And I think if it's really difficult to find something to reduce in your business itself Mm -hmm. and like in the process, 
you can always try offsetting. Okay. Uh, so offsetting is uh, something that used to have a bit of a bad rep, but it has actually changed quite a lot over the recent years. So it used to be, take the airplane and we'll plant a couple trees for you, which obviously is not a very causal relationship. It doesn't necessarily work. You don't know if those trees are going to be planted and then cut down. You don't know, you know, how we can't control nature. Yeah. But they have actually transformed to work a lot more with that kind of holistic approach where they usually work with uh, developing countries mm -hmm. to improve both their living standards, but also prevent them from using uh, energy sources that we used, you know, 100 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for example, helping to build really energy efficient solar plants and hydro, all these things that can actually reduce our future consumption of electricity and our future impacts, mm -hmm. while also empowering the communities that they're built in. Well, not all of these organizations are doing as good of a job. Mm -hmm. So there's a certification you can look for, which is the Voluntary uh, Carbon Standard. Mm -hmm. It's also a gold standard. But um, there's uh, a couple ones that are certified with this, and one that we've been using, which is uh, used also and approved by the UN, yeah. where it's so cheap. Like, because there's so much low-hanging fruit still of things we can quickly improve that will have so much great impact. So uh, we did it for our business this year, and it really doesn't take that much money. It's really, really low. So mm -hmm. go have a look for it. You can encourage it to your own company or to your clients. You know, it's something that... Even it's an easy certification you can get and things, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you can use it to promote, but also just... For yourself to know yeah. that if you have to print a couple business cards, you know, you can do something that has a positive impact on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find out what kind of impact the print that you're trying to make or like your package design or something like that is going to have, there is a ton of calculators online. So we'll put some in the story. Uh, in the show notes. Show notes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for example, one is called Renourish Print Calculator, where you can put in like the dimensions of print and the ink you're using, and it'll give you advice on how to improve it. So we don't have to be helpless. Yeah. You know, we've got all these tools. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because you've probably heard that uh, reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know why it's that order specifically? No, I do not. Yeah. So it's very intentional, and it's because that's the order that you should try to do things in. So... Actually, reducing has much more impact than reusing. Yeah. And reusing has more impact than recycling. Mm -hmm. So even though, please recycle, mm -hmm. if you have recycling, uh, it's much better to start with the reducing phase. Yeah. And this is where we kind of cycle back to where it comes down to your, your whole design thinking and the process and the intentionality behind it. People who live in the UK probably know about Lush. Mm -hmm. And they try to reduce by having almost no packaging. They call it like naked yeah. products. Uh, so like a bar of soap, you don't need to have plastic or a bunch of paper around it. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also have these like black pots, mm -hmm. which uh, actually they have a facility mm -hmm. where whenever you return a pot, which usually is incentivized mm -hmm. by like giving you like a face mask mm -hmm. or something small, right? Um, then they cut it open, you know, they clean it out and they melt it down and they mm -hmm. make a new pot. Yeah. So it's like that closed system of not having to produce more materials. Yeah. And 
this is also a great reason for your clients. They probably save a ton of money not having to purchase more yeah. material. Yeah. And so they also then build up that brand of being more sustainable, being really intentional and strategic about it, mm -hmm. showing and you know yelling about their strategy in the best way possible. And people will resonate with that. And I think that's a great example if you want to have a, a company as an example that have really succeeded with the strategy and that use all spectrums of it. Because also uh, on the reuse portion, the the actual pots are really good material. Mm -hmm. So instead of just using like super flimsy material that people would just throw away after one time, you can use it to like store your leftovers or use something in that way. I think this is more of a, how do you incentivize this as a positive thing to a client who seems very value neutral of these things? Like mm -hmm. I think, I think, you know, uh, as a, a lot of people's apathy sort of overcomes their, 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 um, need for action mm. so how do we uh as creatives in the business world incentivize these actions right we yeah. can say we can once they've bought into these sure you know these like uh, our our goals you know then of course you can do all these things yeah. but how do we start there you know i think a good a good thing to do is to start with the industry they're in mm -hmm. and then find a really big player mm -hmm. like let's say they're in the fashion industry or the sports industry Take like Nike. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to respect and think that Nike make generally good decisions. Yeah. Because they want to be on that high brand, you know, position that mm -hmm. Nike has. And then show an example of what they did to reduce and the impact that that had. Mm -hmm. Because I think then it becomes way less abstract and much more as a vision for what the big companies are doing. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense, yeah. It makes it a little bit less scary. Yeah, and I think I think it's a, a good place to start, right? Because you know, there are so many things you can you can do, mm. right? And I think also that there there it becomes a an element of choice paralysis as well then. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Of what you could do. I think mirroring you know, maybe a reduced version of what is already being done is probably like a better starting point than than trying to innovate right away. You know what I mean? Generally, like doing anything is better than doing nothing. Yeah. So the whole message we want to get across today is there's so many things you can do. Don't get discouraged. Try something. Yeah. Figure out what works for your business mm -hmm. or your client's business. Mm -hmm. And do it in a way that feels really positive and encouraging and not just about like being negative about things that are happening. So super positive, encouraging, and don't get discouraged. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed this uh, episode of the Creative Fold Podcast. Uh, I'm Jeremy Juso. And I'm Marlin. And uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. If you like the tips we gave you today, then you can find more content like this on our blog, creative-hold.com. There you can find all sorts of articles, as well as interviews with many different creatives. So that's creative-hold.com. Be sure to also check out our Facebook group under the same name, Creative Hold. There you can find all sorts of interaction between many different amazing creatives. 